Hey guys, welcome back to Unveil. This is your girl, Lady Rose. So today's topic is called America, a Christian nation or not. Now, I'm doing like a little mini series. Last uh, two weeks ago, I did this uh, slavery and now I'm doing this one. And next one is going to be injustice in America. I'm including history with Bible because I believe they go hand in hand. Now, let's get started with uh, Christianity here in America. But before I start that, I really want to uh, emphasize the first people here in America, the first founders of America, which was the native people, these to call them the Clovis people, and they arrived here 13,000 years ago, right? But now they're saying that they, they are like not the first ones. So I still need to do a little bit of more back research. However, so far, that's what they know that is 13,000 years ago, aka Native people came to America, the first founders. So yes, um, and we expanded all over America. We expanded to uh, the Caribbeans and also to Mexico. And all the Mexicans out there, this deny that they have native in you. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. You have native. I believe each, uh, Latin and, and Mexican have like a, at least 40% or more of native blood. Um, because we travels from somewhere and we, we didn't just pop like daisies out of nowhere. Okay. We traveled and we expanded. Okay. So you're native. Sorry to bust your bubble if you don't like that, but that's the truth. Um, Okay, so let's get that out of the way. Now, I also get a lot from my atheist friends. Um, Christianity is a white man's religion. Let me clarify that. I am sorry to buzz your bubble, but Christianity is not a white man's religion. It's a Middle Eastern religion, okay? Um, it's Jewish people that became Christians after, you know, following Christ, believing in him, and they turned their old ways to a new way, right? That's what's Christianity. It came from the Middle East. Now, um, the first Christians were Ethiopians, as a matter of fact, which is in Africa. Ta-da! I don't know if you guys knew that, but the first Christians who accepted Christ were Ethiopians. The second one was, uh, the church, they built a different church in India and in that the year was 52 AD. Okay. Then they expanded to Europe and that was in 380 AD. Okay. And then they expanded to China. Uh, the other, that church was a Christian church was built there. Um, 635 AD. So no, it's not a white European Christian, uh, uh, religion. It has a middle Eastern and expanded to Asia, India, uh, Africa and Europe. Okay. So let's just put that out there and let's make that correction. Okay. Now, um, I really want to emphasize this. Africa already knew about this, uh, Christian God, because the Hebrew people were enslaved to the Egyptians for 450 years. So Egyptian Egypt is right next to Africa and they all knew about this Hebrew God. Okay. So they were not, not God was not, not known. Okay. He was known. Okay. Now let's go to Europe because Europe had a strong hold regarding Catholicism. Okay. So Peter went, was the first one to extend Christianity to a non-Jewish, aka Hebrew person. Now at that time, the Hebrews could not hang out with non-Hebrew people. They had to stay with their own people. Okay. So what Pete, when God told Peter to go extend the kingdom, uh, to the Gentiles, aka us, that was like a big a big thing at that time. So who, uh, Peter went to was a Roman commander. Okay. So the Roman commander accepted Christ. Now you need to understand that the Romans 
uh, also all over Europe, they already had their own religion. Okay. Uh, they, they used to believe in the Greek theology, meaning Zeus men were gods and all that stuff. And also they practice different type of religion, um, uh, paganism. They, they practice a lot of things. Europe had different religions. Okay. Not just one particular one. Now, when uh, Peter presented Christ to them, uh, uh, he was, uh, preaching to them. They, the thing that they did, the Europeans did, they mixed their old religion with the new Christian, you know, way. Okay. So that, and it became Catholicism. That's why Catholics, uh, worship different idols and, um, because they get that from their old religion. Now, Catholicism, they did a little bit of wrong when it came to the priests, uh, because in the 1500s, they voted in the Vatican to, um, for the priests to become celibate and not to get married. Now that's not what the Bible says. When God assigned priesthood to the Levites, to the tribe of the Levites, AKA the generation from, um, uh, Aaron, who is the brother of Moses, that tribe was the priesthood, which is the Levite tribe. Okay. Now when God assigned them to, to be the priesthood, he told them to get married. Okay. God commanded each priest to get married, but they had to marry a virgin, not someone who was already a virgin, uh, married before or no widow, nothing like that. They had to be pure and they had, so they could get married with them. Right. But nowhere in the Bible does it say a priest cannot get married. Okay. Nowhere. But unfortunately the church, which is the congregation couldn't afford to support the priest and the family. So that's what they did that voting. And it was, I believe the year was in the 1500s. Okay. So they did that voting and they decided not to get married. Now the priests who were already married, stayed married. And the priests who were not married yet, we're having children out of wedlock and that became a very controversial thing. So they, they really had to stop and do everything low key basically because they're men, they're, they're not holy. They're not God. They're human that you could be as committed to God all you want, but you still have those urges. Why? Because God put those urges in you. When he created men, he created an Eve for a reason. Now they use the excuse of apostle Paul that when he made that statement, it's better to commit yourself to Christ and, and not get married because you know, when you are married, you get distracted right? So when you're single, you could commit all the way to Christ. However, he continues to say, if you are lusting, get married again, men are men. So you have lustful desires, no matter how holy you commit yourself to be, you make mistakes, AKA that's why all those, um, trials that are started to pop up out of nowhere, I believe in the uh, 1980s about priests molesting and all that stuff. But the, the, the thing about the Catholicism, they were so powerful. They kept everything under the wraps. Like for example, they, um, uh, when they had a case up against them, they, they would made it, you know how every time, uh, somebody gets accused of something, you go to trial, it's a public records, right? Well, the pre, uh, the Catholic has so much power. They put it, you know, you had to, they could put it like under the basically that never happened. So they would just move priests to different areas, right? That's the only thing that I think Catholicism did wrong. They should have never taken marriage out of there, you know, because we're humans. Like the Bible says, we all fall short glory to the, 
to the glory of God. We're not perfect. We're just not right. Not even the Pope. And that's another thing that they did wrong. Uh, uh, church people make the Pope to be a God. He's not, he's just a human. You don't put nobody in the pedestal. The Bible says God is a jealous God. Don't put nowhere in the pedestal. Okay. And so, uh, back to this. So the Catholics, did that wrong, but also they also did wrong with the mixing the old religion combined it together Christianity. Now, Catholicism, the reason why I'm speaking about Catholic is because they literally were ruling the world. If you study history, it was the most powerful religion controlling basically everything, like everywhere, all over Europe, all over their ways, everywhere. So the mistake they another mistake they did, they were the ones who approved slavery. Uh, they didn't want to make moves without, you know, their, their religious beliefs because everybody was religious at that time. Right. So they wouldn't make a move until the, the, they got the okay from the church. Right now, unfortunately they had a little, you know, oopsie with Martin Luther, the German priest. He started questioning Catholicism. Like, why are you guys not letting the congregation read the Bible because everything was Latin. And so he's the one who started to create a uh, different type of Christian Christianity. Right. Um, so that's why he would, a lot of Catholics wanted to get rid of him, AKA kill him, but they couldn't because they also had a reputation to protect. So they would send people to uh, get rid of him, but he translated, he's the first one who translated the Bible to, for us to read everybody could to read it basically. And they didn't like that because again, the church had so much control and power over the people. They wanted to continue with that power. Again, we're humans. I'm not trying to talk down to them. I'm actually trying to explain to you guys. No one's perfect, right? No one's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. So when give men power, oh, they change. Trust me. And at that time, uh, the church had so much power over the countries, like literally. Um, so yeah, so they started to expand, um, and Christianity started to expand even more. Now the Christians in England wanted to escape, uh, Queen Mary because she was prosecuting, uh, Christians who were non-Catholic. So they were trying to escape oppression. The funny thing is not ha 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 funny, but the irony of it all, they came over here and they started oppressing the natives right? Started, uh, taking their children away from the families, putting them into schools, forcing them not to speak their language anymore, cutting their hair, uh, forcing their beliefs on them. And nowhere in the Bible says to do that. Okay. So that was the first mistake. And this is why I say this is the first mistake, because when Jesus told the disciples to go be my witness, AKA preach the good news, he told them and gave them instructions how to do it. Jesus told the disciples, preach the good news to this town. If they do not accept you, dust your sandals off and go to the next town. Nowhere does Jesus say force them. Nowhere. Okay. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to rape them, that it's okay. As a matter of fact, there's a story in the old Testament that there were, uh, men who raped a maiden woman. These men are from the tribe of Benjamin. Okay. You know how there were 12 tribes. These men raped the maiden woman to death. What did God do to these tribes? God was almost going to wipe out the whole tribe of Benjamin because they raped a girl. 
Okay, the only reason God didn't wipe them all out was because the other tribes were feeling bad for the rest of the people who were living there. It wasn't their fault. They're like, you're going to get rid of the whole lineage of Benjamin. So it's not the, their fault that these five or couple of men did this. So, you know, God, take it easy, but he is not for raping. What is another thing for killing? When the Europeans killed the man, the native man. God is against killing. I know a lot of people like to justify that, oh, well, they were just trying to conquer this country. No, nowhere in the Bible does it say is okay to kill. As a matter of fact, the only time God allows killing is when somebody's breaking into your home. These Europeans were breaking into our home. The native had the right to kill them. But the Europeans did not have no right, especially if they were calling themselves Christians to kill because that's a, 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 one of the commandments that says thou shall not kill. And another one that shall not lie. What did I say about uh, the last episode regarding slavery? These Europeans lied to the native people. They, 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 tr they made tradings with them. And then once they got their trust, they turned around and backstabbed them, meaning they lied. For example, when the uh, Europeans started to go to the to the west, because first they arrived to the east, and then they were uh, going to the west because the east was abolishing slavery, so they wanted to continue slavery. So they were the practice. So they were going to the west where the Mexicans were at. And when they were fighting the Mexicans, they, they made it and the Mexicans couldn't hold on any longer because we just got off the war of Spain. We just literally freed ourselves from the Spaniards after 300 years of, you know, their oppression. And we finally free ourselves from them. We didn't have the money. We didn't have the source. We didn't have the strength. So this is why we had to give up certain parts of Mexico and, and they made it into America, like California, Texas, and all that stuff. Right. So, but there was a trading with the Europeans. So these white people and the Mexicans, I think it's the Guadalupe trading. And they said it was okay for the Mexicans to continue living where they were at. But you know how white people were at that time. They, they usually, they did the trading and then they backstabbed them. And then they started getting, killing the Mexicans, getting rid of them. They will take trucks and put them over the border. So they were liars. And the reason why I'm saying this and I'm pinpointing this about our history, because that's the foundation. That's the root of the Christian foundation here in America. They forced the natives, they separated families, which is funny because that's crazy, not funny, haha, but crazy because God is the foundation, the founder of families. He's all about families, yet these Europeans who were calling themselves Christians separated families and they raped the woman who God is against and they lied to the men and God is against that too. And they killed the men, even though the Bible says thou shall not kill. So th this is why I'm pointing this out because that's the root of of the Christian foundation here in America. And now we're going to get to why America is the way it is. Is it a Christian nation or not? Well, let me, I'm not going to answer that question. You're just going to answer that question yourselves. I'm just going to say how it is right now. Okay. So the Bible says that when the Hebrew people went to the promised land and they were worshiping God as a nation, what does it say? How does the Bible describe that, uh, uh, their ways? It says in the book of Josh, Joshua, that 
everything was flowing like milk and honey. Everything was prosperous. Everybody was getting along. Everybody was blessed. You know what I mean? Everybody was conquering. Everything was going good. Okay. Do you see America flowing like milk and honey? Everybody's getting along. Everybody's blessed. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. We have our sources like, you know, uh, to defend ourselves. Right. But are we really blessed? Like if you look at the rate of suicides, if you look at the rate, uh, rates of rape cases here in America, which is not every 90 seconds, a woman's being raped. There's abandoned buildings with a bunch of, um, cases that are not solved. America is the number one consumer of human trafficking. I don't know if you guys knew that six out of 10 adults in America have chronic disease. Four in 10 have more than two. Do you really think low key America's blessed? Like, ah, like, you know, we are America's in debt right now. You know what I mean? America's it's just really screwed. I don't see the blessings. I really don't. Another one that I want to pinpoint. Do you see Christians here in America worshiping in unity and one? Because that's how we're supposed to do it. That's how the Hebrew people did it when they were in the promised land. We had to all come in agreement and worship in God. How many Christians, how many types of Christians are here in America? How many? Because everybody's interpreting the Bible the way they want to when that's, that's wrong, because we need to be in the spirit to interpret it. Everybody the same way. How many Christians are here in America? I come just going to name a, a, a new Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, Presbyterian. I probably said that wrong. <laughs> Mormon, Catholic, Jehovah's Witness. I can go on. There's so many types of Christians here that they're not worshiping in unity. Like the Bible says. I'm just pointing it out. What are the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Observe the Christians. Are they practicing that? What, what was the last commandment Christ left us? To walk in love. What is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love uh, doesn't boost. Love is not arrogant or rude. Like if you see these Christians, especially who are, who are Republicans, just, just observe them how they act. One time I was observing uh, when Trump was in presidency, I saw how every Christian who was Republican, how they were rising up and talking nonsense. And I was thinking to myself, damn, they were presenting more their party than they were presenting Christ. The character of it all. Like I saw this one Christian girl that making fun of Pelosi and I'm like, really? You're making fun? I'm, like, I know she's against your beliefs, but making fun of her? Really? Do you really think that's godly? You know, I'm just pointing that out, right? Okay. Another one. Are Christians being obedient? Like in the Old Testament, uh, God gave us, you know, prophets after prophets, you know, to correct us. I honestly am turned off by the church because church has become very political. It's not very spiritual anymore. I don't see it in one church. I don't see it in two. I see it in many churches. I don't see the spirit there. And again, the Bible says we need to be in the spirit and the spirit has fruits, meaning our character, our behavior, our ways. I don't see it. It's become very political. And honestly, politics has nothing to do with Christianity. And this is why I'm, that's my next thing. God is not Republican. God is not Democrat. And God is not liberal. God, you do not put God in a box. Re Politics was created by man. What does the Bible say 
things that were created here on earth. They're going to perish. This politics was created by Europe. They brought their politics points of views here. Yes, it's a transfer to presidency, not kings or prime ministers anymore. We do have presidency. We can get, it, uh, get rid of them. But the foundation of politics comes from Europe. Like if you look at the Whig party and you look at all those parties, the, founda- the founders were English men. That's not a godly thing. That is a made up man thing. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you look at the old Testament, God never wanted men to rule. He wanted the church to rule. It was the humans who were asking for a King because we as humans have the tendency to follow a leader that we could see, hear, and feel we're humans. We follow that, but God wanted the church to be the leaders, meaning him, God to be the ruler. It was the human beings who created that foundation. It wasn't God. So God first gave them judges and then the people were still not happy. So then God said, okay, fine, I'll give you a king. And then through time in history, they started developing to prime ministers and then us, which is uh, presidents. So that foundation of politics is created by man, not by God. Okay. The only thing that God talks about politics is that pray for your leaders that's it. No Christian person should be fighting about politics because that's not in the Bible. You're not representing your politics. You're representing God. So the only thing I advise I could give to Christians right now is pray for whoever you want to vote for, go vote and shut up. Just please just stop, get in the spirit and go preach the good news. And another thing that the Bible says about politics is obey the laws. That's all right? That's all. And the reason why I'm saying this, because I would get a lot of Republican men who were Christians trying to put me on check because I was pinpointing the characteristics of Trump and the Bible and didn't like it. Like I was unmasking him what the Bible really says, because I'm the type of person, if you're calling yourself a Christian, I'm going to observe you and I'm going to match your character to the word of God, especially if you're calling yourself a Christian and especially especially if you are a leader well-known because you have more of a platform. So people are going to be looking at you nonstop. So if you're calling yourself a Christian and you're not representing Christ the way you're supposed to, I'm going to call it out. No BS. I'm sorry. Not sorry. I'm going to call it out. Just be honest. I just wanted your vote and I wanted to be a president. I'm cool with that. I totally respect that. I wouldn't care. Just don't use God like the Europeans did. Because let's be honest, that's exactly what they did. They claimed to be Christians and perverted the whole thing like I showed earlier. Okay, so I have a clip that I wanted to show you guys regarding uh, one of Christopher Columbus' uh, writings. Because I remember I was at church one time and they were glorifying, not glorifying, but they were like giving him, Christopher Columbus, a lot of props that he was a Christian and da da da. He did so much great. Let me show you how great this fool was. Let me, let me just real, real quick. One of the darkest things I've ever read in history, and it's about Columbus meeting the natives. In his letters, he writes, they are very simple and honest and exceedingly liberal with all they have. None of them refusing anything he may possess when he is asked for it. They exhibit great love towards all others in preference to themselves. He says they are the best people in the world and above all the gentlest. 
without knowledge of what is evil, nor do they murder or steal. They love their neighbors as themselves, and they have the sweetest talk in the world, always laughing. After saying all that, he then writes, they would make fine servants. With 50 men, we could subjugate them all and make them do whatever we want. Is that But isn't that a trip? Christian people still idolize this man. Well, not idolize him, but still consider him to be a Christian after what he did. Knowing the history behind it. That's a trip. Ay, ay, ay. Well, you conclude if you think this is a Christian nation. But for as for me, myself, and I, I don't think it's a Christian nation. I believe there's Christian people in this uh, country who are true followers. There are very few, but for to be a nation that follows Christ. No, that's just not the truth. Like I, I, I see the comparison of our society to the word of God. And no, I don't think, you know, this is a Christian nation. I truly believe that God is, has mercy on this country, uh, because of the people who are true followers. I think God is merciful to everybody, honestly, not just us here in America. I think He's more sorry. He's merciful to everybody. He's giving us chance after chances, just like he did with the Hebrew people when they were lacking and seeking God. And, you know, afterwards, when they were rebelling against God, God had mercy upon them and he gave them chance after chance. And I truly believe that Christ is giving us chance after chance. But as for being a Christian nation, no, that's my conclusion, though. But you can still continue to believe whatever you want to believe. I'm just unveiling the truth and I'm giving you guys facts. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know what I mean? I love my country. This is my people's land. And of course, I'm going to expose the truth. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm a proud American, but, and I'm a proud Christian, but I'm still going to speak the truth regarding America and Christianity. So this is the episode guys. I hope you enjoy something. Hope you learned a lot. And yeah, that was it. So you decide if this is a Christian nation, that's all on you continue or not, you know, but yeah, so that's my conclusion and I hope you are blessed and stay blessed. Have a good one.